you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Move the Sticks. I'm Brett Lewis here with Bucky Brooks. DJ out today as he travels back from Monday Night Football watching the Chargers clinch a playoff berth with a win over the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. Uh, But, Bucky, man, we got some news again. Uh, Yesterday, we entered the show with news of Nathaniel Hackett's firing there in Denver, and we've had some comments from the ownership group and from George Payton today. We'll get to that. Uh, But today, kind of just low-key retirement announcement from J.J. Watt, uh, one of the greatest to ever do it, kind of caught us all off guard a little bit. Yeah, no, just real surprising, but very appreciative of the career that J.J. Watt uh, had. You talk about a three-time defensive player of the year, a guy who was part of what will go down as a legendary 2011 draft class. When you look at the top maybe 15 picks and number of guys that have uh, come off the board, the success that they have had. And 
I mean, maybe the number of gold jacket guys that will come out of that class. J.J. Watt will be one of those guys. And I think uh, what he will be remembered for is not only the energy and passion that he played, the way he maybe revolutionized the position as a, I'll say, look, a dominant pass rusher from an inside five technique position, which is right over the tackle. Like you just don't see guys have the level of success and consistent dominance that he had. Uh, so you talk about a legendary player who decided to hang him up shortly after his son had an opportunity to take in his first NFL game. Kind of a cool story when you think about uh, the the career arc of J.J. Watt. But yeah. I think it's great that he gets to get out on, go out on his own terms. Yeah, I think it's really cool, too. And I think you're talking about a player as dominant in his prime and over that four to five year stretch when he won the three defensive player of the year awards uh, from 2012 to 2015. I mean, as dominant a player as we have seen in that short amount of time. I know he was outside of that period, but like during those four years, like he might have been the best player in football. Uh, he was that good, you know, on both sides, you know, even if you throw in both sides of the ball and obviously, you know, the quarterbacks that were playing at that time were still, were still pretty dang good. Um, but, uh, you know, you're talking about Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, all, all worthy. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, like he was it. He was the guy at that time. And I just love his story. You know, I, I think um, as a former college walk on myself, the fact that, you know, he ended up going to Wisconsin as a walk on was one of those lightly recruited guys uh, ended up getting to Wisconsin and then really making a name for himself, obviously there. I think he just combined he combined so many of the things that we love when we create draft profiles about guys, because like oftentimes you'll see, you know, a couple of traits here, maybe not the you know, maybe not the the relentless hustle trait here. Or maybe you have all that uh, that high motor stuff and maybe not that top end talent. JJ had it all, man. And he had that relentless drive to get better. Um, and then you couple in. You know, what he did off the field, Bucky, um, mm-hmm. I mean, there is there is simply no doubt he is one of the greatest people to play this game in the history of the National Football League. $37 million raised for Hurricane Harvey in Houston when that went through. I mean, like, it, it almost equals his production. I mean, it, it's, it's bigger, obviously, than football, but he was just as good on and off, which is amazing. Yeah, really spectacular. And I, I think we shouldn't make light of the walk-on uh, story. The fact that J.J. Watt was willing to bet on himself uh, to go um, to the University of Wisconsin and say that he could yep. play at that level. And he not only played at that level, but he was a dominant player at that level and beyond. And I think there's something to be gained from that kind of story. You talk about your own story in terms of being a walk-on. I'll talk about the story of being a dad yeah. of a kid who walked on to play baseball. Sure. Like those um guys who are able to kind of take that and I would say like to honestly bet on themselves. Like those are admirable traits that serve you well down the line. And so for JJ Watt, I think some of the stuff that you get from him being a walk on also led him to be the humanitarian that he has been in terms of being able to understand how other people are getting it and understanding that, look, he's fortunate and blessed to look at kind of scratched and clawed his way to the top, but he never forgot about those others who haven't been as fortunate. And so for me, I think that might be his biggest legacy. Yeah, man, look, he's a fantastic player and all that other stuff, but he had the wherewithal to realize that there is a section of people that are really struggling and he was willing to make sacrifices to see if he can make their lives better. To me, that's what it's all about. Like not only a Hall of Fame player, but a Hall of Fame person. 
That's a great point. And he is uh, for sure a first ballot Hall of Famer. So five years from uh, from now, we will see him going into Canton, Ohio as a five time first team all pro player, a five time pro bowler, a three time defensive player of the year. And as you mentioned, perhaps most notably, the 2017 winner of the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. So it is that time where we've been acknowledging all the nominees from uh, from teams around the league. And, of course, we'll announce uh, this year's winner at NFL Honors Super Bowl week. So um, it's uh, it's incredible, the impact that J.J. had, both with the Houston Texans franchise on the field, with the Cardinals on the field, and in both communities off the field. So uh, congrats to J.J. And uh, he's got two more games to, to go out there. And, and by the way, He's been really dominant in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And while these these last Mm -hmm. couple of years have not been his most dominant of his career, like these last couple of weeks of this season, dude's barely left the field, uh, which has been kind of fun. It's like vintage JJ a little bit, you know? It's funny in his last game uh, at home in front of the home fans in Arizona, he decided to turn back the clock. He flashed a little bit. And I think everyone, when he goes down and we see the highlight video for JJ Watt going into the hall, it will be with some string of arm over move sacks and disruptive plays (laughs) that he's made. Because I don't know if there's ever been anybody who's been as dominant with that move, the get off, the quick flash, the jump inside the gap, to be able to do it um, the the way that he was able to do it. And and I'll say this, um, having played with Bruce Smith, who what all-time sack leader, who did it from the same position that J.J. Watt did, not all the way on the edges, but on the inside of a 3-4 defense, very, very difficult to be able to do. And yeah. so you have to have some tricks in your bag. And J.J. Watt's arm over move will go down as one of the biggest tricks that we've seen from a dominant player in the National Football League. Yeah, I, th- I think that's another great point. And, and to kind of illustrate his dominance uh, early on in his career, I mean, only Reggie White, the great Reggie White mm-hmm. had more sacks in his first five seasons. 74 and a half of J.J.'s 111 and a half sacks came in his first five seasons. Incredibly dominant at that period of time uh, in his career. And uh, just to kind of just further uh, put a bow on this, you know, to talk about the Wisconsin story and coming out of college and the player he became there in Madison and then eventually took into the NFL. Our buddy Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, who's, by the way, going to be on our Senior Bowl roster reveal show Mm -hmm. uh, here on Move the Sticks in January. But uh, Nagy was like, I was scouting for the Chiefs at the time, Buck, and was like, I went to Wisconsin to scout JJ Watt. He's sitting there at 290 pounds. We had a th- we were they were playing a 34 scheme on defense in Kansas City at that time. But I scouted him as an outside linebacker. That's how athletic he was at 290 pounds. Usually those guys are the five techniques, which eventually he did play uh, in the NFL, but could have probably done both because he was that dominant. And they moved him all over the place in Houston. That defense was built around J.J. Watt, and rightly so. All right. What would the Denver Broncos be built like in the future? That's kind of been the question now ever since the news came out and was made official by the Denver Broncos yesterday that they had fired Nathaniel Hackett after coaching just 15 games for the team his first season ever as a head coach and obviously first there in Denver. George Payton and Broncos ownership all meeting together today to address the media and uh, essentially collectively acknowledge that what they're doing right now is not good enough all over the place. George Payton acknowledging the head coaching process he went through, which was extensive last year. He thought he felt good about, but the fact that it didn't work out with the ultimate result uh, ending on Nathaniel Hackett is all on him. And now an interesting power structure has emerged here. Before we get into the candidates, I think it's important to note this. Greg Penner, the CEO of the Broncos, the owner of the Broncos, is talking about how the both the head coach 
and the general manager will now report to him. You know, I think a lot of times in the NFL, you see the head coach report to the GM, GM reports to the owner, but now both guys, both positions are reporting to the owner. What, what do you what do you think about that power structure in today's NFL and how you feel like that will work and keep both head coach and GM in lockstep with one another? Well, it opens it up for an experienced NFL head coach to come in because an experienced head coach is not going to come in where he has to necessarily report to the general manager. He is going to want to have some say when it comes to the final personnel decisions and those things. And so by reworking uh, the hierarchy, what the owner has done is created an opportunity for an experienced NFL head coach who may have won Super Bowls or gone to Super Bowls to be able to fall into that structure and have the voice that they need to have to enact the culture that they need to have. And so uh, have in place. And so to me, that was a big part of it. The other thing is, um, the new ownership group didn't really know the general manager. They inherited the yeah. general manager. And so what it does, it takes some of the power away from the general manager and kind of balances it out and puts the general manager on notice that he also has to make some changes and show a level of improvement. It also gives the ownership some flexibility to tell the new head coach, if he doesn't want the general manager, they may not be tied to the general manager. So I think it creates options for the hiring process it opens it up it makes the field a broader field because you don't have that sticking point with a whoever comes in is automatically under the general manager it can either be a partnership or uh it may be a bit of a dictatorship where the football man comes in and decides here's what i want here are the people that i want around me to surround myself with to allow me to do what i need to get done to change this culture yeah, and you just wonder, you know, what kind of communicate, what kind of lines of communication that opens up between coach and GM, knowing that both essentially go to the owner's office, right, for mm -hmm. whatever reports, power structure, however, however you want to kind of characterize um, what reporting to the owner means. But you know, you wonder, are they going to be on the same page there? Does it get to? Does it go from head coach to owner? Hey, I don't have the players I need. And then from owner down to GM, like, hey, you need to go get the coach, the players he needs. And then back over from GM to coach, you know, it's like this triangle, right? And so, you know, as long as all three sides of that triangle, as long as we're talking about an equilateral here, right? And not a not an isosceles where, uh, where, the, where one side doesn't quite measure up, you know what I mean? Um, I think uh, it, it could certainly work there. But I think your point about experience is spot on here, Buck, because this feels like a job and a head coaching vacancy that is going to be filled by someone who has been in that spot before after seeing what we what uh, what the Broncos went through this year with Hackett and, and talking about how it wasn't as much on the field and it wasn't as much, you know, with what was going wrong with Russell Wilson. It was, hey, did you see what was happening off the field? The Brett Rippon, you know, Dalton Reisner, mm -hmm. you know, scuffle mm -hmm. and how the, the locker room was maybe becoming fractured and the sideline, all, all that stuff going on off the field contributed to essentially a lack of control and clear direction. So how do they fix that moving forward? What are the candidates that fit that bill? And because they obviously believe that Russell Wilson can be fixed. Who's the best person to do that? Does it have to be a head coach with that kind of pedigree on the offensive side? Or can you go find a defensive head coach that brings in a top-notch you know, offensive structure from coordinator to QB coach and whatnot. So what, what's your thought there on what makes the most sense to get the most out of that huge investment that the Broncos made in Russell Wilson? Well, first things first, um, I think what ownership and what George Patton did is 
they talked about Russell Wilson, but they said this extends beyond fixing Russell Wilson. Yes. And I think that is the right scope to approach the hire. Um, this is not about the quarterback. This is about trying to find the best leader for the team. And in trying to hire the best leader, you can't worry about offense, defense. You have to look at the candidates that are in front of you and which one do you believe is going to be best to lead the entire program? Because outside of the owner, the head coach has to be the guy that represents everything about uh, the program. And the new head coach has to be able to call out Russell Wilson like he calls out everybody else. Because before, when Russell Wilson comes in, Russell Wilson had a certain level of cachet where he was almost untouchable, right? He comes in, the head coach kind of has to defer to him a little bit because we think we're getting the Hall of Fame quarterback who has been to two Super Bowls, one one is a guy who was celebrated universally as a top five quarterback. Well, now that he has played in that uniform, he doesn't have that same level of cachet. And so the new head coach has to come in with enough power to be able to call out Russell and say, hey, you have to improve in these areas or we'll find another oper- another quarterback to be able to get it done. And so it just kind of levels the playing field a little bit. But, yeah, this has to be the best leader. And I'm, the reason why I believe it needs to be an experienced guy, you don't have enough time to learn on the job. And an yeah. experienced guy is probably not going to have as many first-time uh, NFL coaches or NFL coordinators as Nathaniel Hackett elected to kind of go with. Um, and so because you, you need to make sure that everything is right. And the only way you can do it, you have to have guys on your staff who have some pelts on the wall who've done it for a long time so they can command the level of respect that you need from the locker room. Certain coach who is a Super Bowl winning head coach who is out of football currently had this to say about the Broncos situation, including the quarterback, Russell Wilson. Well, there's a lot of things that they're not doing well, and there's probably a lot of mud on a lot of people's hands, including himself talking about Russell Wilson. That was Sean Payton. Does Mm -hmm. that sound like a coach that might be intrigued by the possibility of getting the most out of a Russell Wilson in the later stages of his career and coming in and trying to turn a Broncos franchise around? What I know about Sean Payton is Sean Payton likes winning. And Sean Payton knows how important it is to have the quarterback right uh, to be able to do it. And Sean Payton has enough, uh, enough on the resume that he can be very, very picky uh, about which job he takes. He doesn't have to run out and take the first job. And so I think he'll weigh what the Broncos uh, have to offer, not only in, in terms of like monetarily, but he'll look at the team and where is this team at? Because as much as people talked about this team being ready to go in a supporting cast and the defense and all those things, well, now let's get up on the hood and really talk about what do they really, really have and how quickly can we turn the program around? Defensively, yes, they were solid, but do you continue on with who they have as defensive coordinator? Do you bring somebody else in and bring a different system? Uh, you know, yeah. you talked about Sean Payton. He's been linked to having Vic Fangio as the guy that he wants. Can Fangio go back to Denver in a, in a, in a demoted oh, right. uh, position? No, right. So, so now how do, you, how do you go back and handle that situation? Or is there a better situation that he may be more ready to win? In all honesty, when, when I look at this and I think about Russell being a big part of the equation, to me, the guy who was maybe runner-up to the job was Dan Quinn. And the reason why Dan mm. Quinn, to me, would make sense is there's a natural relationship between Dan Quinn and Russell because he was there during the early days when Russell was young, when Russell was more the game manager than playmaker that had a lot of success. Dan Quinn has done a lot of work on himself since um, losing or being fired from the Atlanta Falcons. You talk to people around Dallas, 
he is a major reason why the Dallas Cowboys have been successful the last two years. You talk about the culture, particularly on the defense side of the ball. It's been great. I think he can take those lessons that he learned from his time in Atlanta, where, remember, Matt Ryan was an MVP quarterback under Dan Quinn. Take those lessons, the bond, the brotherhood, all those things that he talked about when he was the leader of the Falcons. I think he can take the experience, learn from it, grow from what he's been able to do in Dallas, take that to Denver and have a level of success because he not only has a relationship in place with the quarterback, but he's done this before and he knows what it looks like to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it would certainly make a lot of sense. It seemed like it was maybe trending towards Dan Quinn at times during that Broncos head coaching search last year, and then he ends up staying there in Dallas. So, yeah, it would make some sense. There's obviously some familiarity there from having interviewed already. Um, it would make a lot of sense, I, I think, certainly, as you mentioned, with the Seattle connection. Um, and uh, and then, you know, I, I know that uh, Brian Schottenheimer's on that staff uh, in Dallas right now. Mm-hmm. And I know those two guys are close. Uh, and I know Shotty mm-hmm. obviously worked with Russ in Seattle uh, once Dan Quinn was already gone. I don't know how that relationship ended up, but uh, that might be an interesting uh, rekindling because that was some of the best we saw, some of the best football we saw from Russell Wilson. Remember in that eight-game stretch, um, mm-hmm. that first half of the season when they were truly letting Russ cook. One last thought here, and this does not jive with the fact that you just paid, you know, 200 and whatever million to Russell Wilson because of the way that this mm-hmm. coach likes to use his quarterback. But if you're talking about trying to get the most out of Russ and put him in a best position to succeed, even if the skill set is declining a little bit, Jim Harbaugh's brand of football is kind of intriguing. Um you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, I don't know if he'd be willing to give the NFL another go in that light with uh, with a franchise that's maybe not as poised to win right away as some others. But just some interesting food for thought there. There are plenty of candidates out there that will get yeah. their name called here in the Look, next few weeks. Well, here's what we know about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Har- Harbaugh is not afraid of a turnaround situation. Everywhere he's going, he's taking a turnaround team. And quickly has gotten that team up to snuff. Niners. I think the Niners, uh, even Michigan. Let's talk about the Michigan thing. And I think he's even better positioned to orchestrate a turnaround because he went to Michigan, had some success, fell off, had people clamoring for his job, and he has only turned around and made Michigan a bigger, better bully in the Big Ten. Yeah. And so for me, he understands that the relationships that he's had with quarterbacks. Let's look at what he did with Alex Smith what he did with Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. That stuff, to me, works. What he did with Andrew Luck, there's a lot of success when it comes to quarterback play. And the other thing that we know about Jim Harbaugh, he is not afraid to have those hard conversations with his players. And I think some of this is holding Russell Wilson accountable. How often has Russell been held accountable for his performance? We've still, this year, kind of given him a pass. There were a lot of people dancing around his performance. But now what that does is, and you've seen it act out in real time on the sideline. When you don't call out your best player, but you call out everybody else, there's a level of resentment. That resentment spilled over in several sideline outbursts. Not just last weekend, we saw Dalton Reisner go at it with Brett Riffin, but we've seen others kind of come at sure. Russell, talk side with even the young wide receivers, KJ Hamler and stuff, kind of, kind of chirping, all of that stuff. And so the number one thing that you have to establish within that locker room, level of trust, a level of accountability, and then the commitment and, and the communication, all that stuff has to be there. Jim Harbaugh suddenly can do it. He's done it before. So I think that's a very interesting one. But I think for Jim Harbaugh to leave Michigan, where he has Michigan trending, it's not only going to take a whole lot of cash, it's going to take a whole lot of power for him to be able to do it the way that he wants to do it. 
Look, it's a fair point. And look, when was Russ at his best? Not necessarily from an individual statistical standpoint, but from a wins and losses standpoint, when they had a physical and dominant run game, which is obviously a staple of what Jim Harbaugh and see, does. That's the uh, thing. In all, Red, it, it, it takes, where's Russell at when it comes to self-awareness? Because sure. if Russell is about being a Hall of Fame quarterback, Russ, Russ can go to the Hall of Fame if his team wins. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about Oh, me, 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 me. I threw it all over the yard. That's why we won. No one cares about that because in the end, in the end, when you go down and you have two or three Super Bowls, if you won it, it doesn't matter how you win it. You get into the hall. It doesn't matter how Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger won the first Super Bowl because on his resume, he has two. And whether one of those came because he was the driving force and the other was because the bus and everybody else did it, it doesn't matter. And so does Russ have enough self-awareness now to realize, hey, I just want to get to the winner's circle. If I win, I'll get in. And it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, they have to call me a Hall of Famer. A lot of it depends on what Russell Wilson wants his legacy to be. Good points. All good points. And obviously that coaching search begins now for Greg Penner, George Payton, and the Denver Broncos. Okay, uh, we have another team into the postseason. The LA Chargers with a 23 to win over the Woof, Indianapolis Colts. Talk about a struggle. That's a story for a whole nother podcast. But the Chargers are in, and five of the seven spots are locked up in the AFC, four of the seven in the NFC. So a lot left to be decided here in these final two weeks of the regular season. But we will uh, continue to break that down uh, when DJ gets back and the playoff push continues. So let's take a quick break here on Move the Sticks. And when we come back, we're going to dig into Bucky's latest piece over on NFL.com, his top five rookie classes of the 2022 season are in focus. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Out now on NFL.com, our pal here, Bucky Brooks, has his top five rookie classes of the 2022 season. And I bet this was pretty fun to compile because there have been some outstanding classes with contributions up and down from day one to day three in a few of these classes. And like you got a team, and this is good news for Houston Texans fans. You got a team. You had a team that's won two games here that's sitting there, though, with uh, a class that you believe to be the fifth best of this past draft with guys like Derek Stingley, Kenyon Green. But then further down the line, Jalen Petrie, Christian Harris, the linebacker, mm-hmm. Damian Pierce, who's banged up for the rest of the year, but has been a fantastic player running back. There's a lot to look forward to uh, there in Houston, who gets the nod as your fifth best rookie class, Buck. So here's the thing, Brett. Um, everyone is is really on Lovey Smith and those guys. But I think what's important is when you uh, – Talk about the Texans. It's important that you've watched the Texans over the course of the year. There's no denying that this is a team that has improved throughout the season. And I think there is something to be said for that. They've changed speeds in terms of the style of play on defense. They're not just a Tampa 2 team. They've done more stuff. Uh, you can say that Derek, Sting- Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie are all-stars waiting to happen. The way these guys play, the way they've played in that defense, they're two of their best players. Christian Harris missed most of the season early, but then he's come on and made an impact. And then you talked about it. Damian Pierce in the running game, he is the one that has given them an identity. And so as bleak as it might look now, the foundation is in place for this team to make a major jump. Once they add some more new, I would say, foundational pieces in the draft and a couple other players in free agency, I think this team can be very, very competitive in a division that is kind of trending downward when you look at the rest of the teams in the division. 
Yeah, with the Colts and the Titans, both uh, just in a world of hurt right now. Jaguars feeling good leading this division in the AFC South, currently the four seed in the AFC. And by the way, just wait, you know, as the Texans are are very hopeful. And I know this player is as well. John mm-hmm. Mechie, who we have not seen as he still oh, yeah. uh, deals with cancer right now. If he's able to come back uh, and be a force for that team, too, that was a fantastic player, obviously, in college football with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So we're all, obviously all wishing uh, the best to him as he continues his recovery. All right, let's move up to the top of the uh, piece here. And obviously, obviously nods to the Kansas City Chiefs. So you have a number four, the Lions at three. But how difficult was it to make the distinction between the Jets, who've kind of consistently, really, from the start mm-hmm. of the season, even till now, had some fantastic con- contributions uh, from their squad and their rookie class to the Seahawks, who started off hot and have kind of fizzled here a little bit? Yeah, now both of these teams are, are, are kind of mired in their rut. I ended up going with the Jets, but when you think about the Jets, I think the reason why the Jets are important, you think about Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Their two best players, their two top picks have been terrific. Both of these guys are vying for Rookie of the Year honors on offense and defense, respectively. Uh, Garrett Wilson is as good as it comes when it comes to his route running ability and being able to make it happen. Uh, Sauce Gardner has been a lockdown corner from day one. I mean, there are people who are already considering him C be one in the National Football League. And when you think about the conversation that we had on path to the draft, where there were people that were questioning where the Sauce Gardner would be what we thought he could be for him to show up and show out the way that he has, like that's terrific. But now if you go back and you really look at the demise of the Jets the last half of the season, I think he gives you probably the the the, the greatest sense of satisfaction that Brees Hall is really that dude. Because when he was playing, the quarterback looked good. The offense looked yeah. good. They were, they were running things um, on, on both sides of the ball in terms of being able to show levels of dominance. And when he goes out of the lineup, things began to change. But I think you certainly feel good about those guys and Jermaine Johnson and some of the other guys they added. But, man, you talk about their, 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 their guys at the top of the board knocking it out the park. They absolutely killed it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as I glossed over the Lions and the Chiefs, I think obviously, you know, you know, that there's two separate teams there, two teams that have done things, you know, that have found their way onto this list by drafting up high and then also drafting down low. Right. The Lions are up at the top with Aiden Hutchinson at two and then the Chiefs a little bit further below. But it got great uh, contributions from Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis. And, you know, when you can get a starting running back in the seventh round like Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, you, you've done something right. So credit to all of those personnel staffs uh, for some fantastic draft classes. But now you got to add on it, right? You got to keep adding. If you can start stacking classes like that, man, that's how you build a dynasty and a consistent winner and a team that'll be a Super Bowl contender for years to come. Go check out that uh, piece right there and all of Bucky's articles over on NFL. Dot com. All right, we're going to take another break here. And when we come back, we're going to welcome a guest to the show, a guy who was also a seventh round draft pick, but of the Pittsburgh Steelers and now a right tackle for the Arizona Cardinals. Kelvin Beecham is up next here for us on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet. 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. 
Brother was Bucky Brooks now welcoming Kelvin Beecham to move the sticks now. The 11th year tackle now in his third season with the Arizona Cardinals. Kelvin, uh, late Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for spending some time here with us on Move the Sticks. And uh, look, let's just get started with with what went down with the Cardinals this week. I know it's been uh, kind of a frustrating season for you guys, uh, but you had the Bucks on the ropes uh, into overtime and uh, you were starting, you know, a quarterback at Trace McSorley that was making his first career start. I mean, you guys had a, a shot at it here, but then, you know, obviously at the in the end, uh, it doesn't go your way. Just give us a sense of, of what this game kind of meant in the landscape of this season for your team. You know, I think first and foremost, uh, it was an opportunity to, to win uh, our last home game, you know, of the year. Had an opportunity to, to beat the GOAT. You know, you don't have many opportunities at uh, doing that, and I've never been able to actually beat them. Um, in my 11-year career, so uh, that was probably the closest that I've gotten to, to beating them. Um, but we let them off the hook. You know, we had an opportunity um, to, to close the game out offensively uh, before going into overtime, before giving them the ball back to go and, you know, uh, tie the game up. Um, and we just didn't close the game the, the way we needed to. You know, Kevin, I feel like in these kinds of seasons, when you have disappointing moments and, and the team hasn't gone to expectation, the leaders in the locker room, the veterans, have to kind of rally and keep everybody going. So what have you and some of the other leaders, what have you told the young guys about playing to the end of the season when you don't necessarily have anything to play for? You know, I think the biggest thing is you're still, uh, you know, interviewing for a job. The job may be here. The job may be somewhere else. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the last four games, the last three games of the season uh, is what scouts and what uh, teams and GMs and coaches really look back at, you know, when they're evaluating, um, you know, how they would have put their roster together for next year. So there's still a lot to play for. Not only, you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals organization, but you personally, your family, um, your reputation uh, and your pride. Um, so at this point in the season, when there's not a lot to play for, when things are looking extremely bleak, it's finding ways to take pride in the details and take pride in what you put on film. Um, I had a, a coach that talked about this all the time. The film is your walking, talking, breathing resume. And at this point in the year, that's what it's all about. You know, so what I hear you saying is you're trying to tell the young guys about how to be a pro. And so when you were coming in the league, what were some of the things that veterans taught you about how to be a pro in this league and how to carve out a long career as opposed to just being a flash in the pan? Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it all boils down to knowing what to do, you know, first and foremost, as a, as a professional, you have to know what to do. And then secondly, you got to take care of your body. Um, at this point in the year, you know, it's the holiday season. Uh, you got family coming in. You know, we just had Thanksgiving. Now we have Christmas. Now we're hitting up on New Year's. You got to find a way to take care of your body, even with all these distractions and some of these external things that you may have going on with your family. But you got to find a way to take care of your body. And I had some phenomenal pros who taught me how to do that there in Pittsburgh when I first got into the league. You know, Max Starks, Willie Colon, Heath Miller, James Harrison. Um, those guys really, you know, just taught me how to take care of my body and, and, and be a pro. Um, even Larry Foote, you know, I actually got to see him last night. Um, Byron Leftwich, you know, people that I got to to come in at, you know, come into a locker room that was better in Layton and just taught me how to be a pro. And they talked about one, knowing what to do and then taking care of your body. So, Kelvin, you know, Bucky and I and, and DJ, uh, when, when he's here with us, you know, we're also, you know, a part of this uh, path of the draft team here on NFL Network. So we're always, you know, studying prospects and tape uh, like you were talking about earlier on the college level and in making projection projections into the NFL. And you have, you know, a really unique story in your path 
really to stardom in the league, right? You come in out of SMU as a seventh round draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then you carve out an 11 year career as a tackle in this league. Um, and now you're, you started every single game for the Arizona Cardinals in this season. Give us a sense of what it took to establish yourself in this league as a seventh round draft pick and then kind of have that staying power and that sustainability to get to the point where you are now. You know, it's, it's crazy. You, you put in that, that, that type of context. Um, you know, when I first came into the league, it was get in where you fit in. You know, it was a seven round pick, your account body. You got to find a way to get in where you fit in. And then once you get in, uh, how do you carve out uh, a place for yourself? And Mike Munchett, uh, who was my coach in Pittsburgh at the time, he said, the more that you can do, the less you get paid. Uh, especially as, as an offensive lineman. You know, at that time, I was playing all five positions, play left tackle, left guard, had a couple snaps to center, play right guard, play right tackle, and actually had a start uh, at, at tight end in the game, you know, uh, in 2013. Um, and <laughs> early on in your career, you got to find a way to get in. And once you get in, how do you carve out and, and, and turn that craft into something that people actually value? Um, and I would say, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, I played left tackle for a little while, did well there, and then, you know, transitioned over to right tackle. And you have to take ownership of that craft. And I think as you look at, you know, people who are coming out and uh, their ability to, to be flexible um, and being valuable to a team early on in their career, can they be valuable? And then can they carve out something that they can call their own and people know what they do and what they're about, you know, as they continue to grow on in their career? So on the flip side of that, Kelvin, you before DJ Humphreys got hurt, you and he were bookend tackles, right, for the Arizona yeah. Cardinals this year. And he has been for the last couple of years as well, but comes in as a first round draft pick and then kind of kind of makes a steady progression into one of the better tackles in the league, gets paid, gets a nice contract extension from Arizona. How have you seen DJ's growth from from where he came into the league to where he is now? It's absolutely been phenomenal to see how he's taken some of those lumps. Uh, early on in his career and the progression that he's continued to have throughout his career. Uh, me and him actually train at the same place with Charles Milley O-line performance here in Arizona. So it's been cool to see his maturation that has happened since his early uh, years in the league. You know, I knew him when he was a young buck uh, and, and was single and now he's married with a kid, got a house, hosting O-line dinners now. <laughs> uh, but it's been cool to see that whole maturation of DJ from where he was in, you know, 2016, 2017 to where he is right now. Uh, a Pro Bowl tackle playing at an extremely high level. You know, know he got banged up this year with a back issue, uh, but know that he's going to come back even stronger than ever. But it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a cool process as, a, as an older player seeing somebody like that train, do everything that they need to do in the off season to put that work, uh, you know, on on the film, you know, during the season. You know, Kelvin, as a, as an old scout, I always wanted this because we all have our favorite positions to scout and evaluate. We also have our weak spots, and so I'll admit. Like offensive line play was always a challenge for me. So what I don't do is pretend that I could take you on the road with me and we're going to go scouting. What are some of the things that I should look for when I'm evaluating an offensive lineman so I can get it right and make sure that I surround you with the right guys in the huddle? You know, I think that the number one thing is look at the, the stance. Does their stance as a, from an offensive line pers uh, perspective, does it deteriorate as the game wanes on? So does that stance look the same in the first quarter? Uh, and does it look the same in the, the middle of the third, late into the fourth? So that's the number one thing that I look for is does that stance deteriorate, especially for a young player over time? Because that can really tell you the stamina, the strength that they have. And then do they stay on their feet? You know, um, this is something that you hear a lot in the in NFL locker room, stay on your feet, stay on your feet. 
is somebody on the ground or are they able to keep their balance and stay up, you know, stay upright? And then I look at, for me, can they punch? You know, as an offensive lineman, it's, 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 it's a, it's, the game has changed. It's not so much holding as it used to be. Can you actually punch, extend, and be able to create separation, no matter what type of arm length you have? So I look at some of the playing, uh, some of the things that require you to play the offensive line position versus the intangibles, you know, the, not the intangibles, but the facts. So how big they are, you know, what type, you know, what type of bench they have, the, the, the wingspan. Can they, one, can they hold their stance throughout the game? Two, can they actually stay up on their feet consistently? And then three, how, what does their punch look like? How, how violent is that punch? Uh, how consistent is that punch? How uh, consistent is the placement of their hands and things of that nature? So it's funny. So normally, if you can play on one side of the ball, that means you also can evaluate the other side. So now I want to mm-hmm. ask you the same question when we're looking at pass rushers. If you were evaluating pass rushers, what would you look for? What would be the kind of guys that you would want on your team, the guys that you wouldn't want to face on a down-by-down basis? Yeah, the thing what I look for in, in, a, in a defensive lineman is when they create contact, where are their feet? So if somebody is long-warming me, if somebody is bull-rushing me, or I'm evaluating the tape and, and I'm looking at, you know, the type of rusher I want to, or, you know, I'm going up against, when they're making contact, where are their feet? Are their feet behind them? Are their feet under them? Um, if they long arm it, is, is, is it same foot, same shoulder? Is it same arm, uh, same foot where it's, it's creating contact and really rocking a tackle? Get off. What is that get off? Is that get off uh, making me get up out of my stands? Is that, is that get off uh, causing the, the, uh, the offensive lineman to really adjust his angle? So where are their feet? The get off. And then again, how can they be violent with their hands? Are they rocking a tackle? Are they rocking a guard? Are they, you know, disrupting the, 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 you know, the snap count, you know, because they're over the center. And then lastly, from, from a defensive line perspective is how can they bend when they get to the top of the rush? Can they really bend that edge, um, you know, at, at, a, at the D tackle position? Can they really get their hips through to really close the gap and close the gap on, the, uh, you know, on, on being able to attack the quarterback? So is one where their feet? Two, are they being disruptive with their hands? Get off. And then lastly, you know, are they being able to clear their hips, you know, at the top of the rush to be able to win the rush at the end of the day? Man, that's a lot of nice information. I've taken all kinds of notes. We well, got another scout. I think house, we may have I a think. scout. If, if Kelvin, <laughs> yeah, if, if Kelvin doesn't want to necessarily join the media, I know for sure he has the goods to be a scout. Man, man, that that is game long enough, man. Yeah, you better believe it. And look, you, I mean, you got plenty of great rushers to deal with there in the NFC West on a game in and game out basis. Uh, no question about it. Perhaps the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, too. So uh, with yeah. the 49ers. But uh, hey, Kelvin, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thanks so much for lending some time here with us and providing some of your scouting expertise here on Move the Sticks. <laughs> uh, best of luck to you the rest of the season. Anytime. You have a good one. Well, look, I, I got to tell you, Buck, I mean, we weren't joking around. Like, when we need somebody to evaluate Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern and Paris Johnson out of Ohio State and the, some of the top tackles in this class, maybe even some of the top edge rushers, too. Like, we might have to give Kelvin a call. Yeah, look, he was great. He was fantastic. Fantastic with the evaluation yeah. part of it. And I just love the intel. There's something about a guy who had to uh, scratch and claw his way uh, onto a roster and has been able to stay around uh, for mm-hmm. almost – what, what, a decade plus, almost a dozen years yeah. in the league. I mean, it's, it speaks volumes about him, but to be able to articulate what he would look for in an offensive tackle, an edge rusher, I really appreciated that. I thought it was great analysis, and I'm looking forward to talking to him again. Certainly.
uh, as am I. And I'm looking forward to being back here uh, with you guys on Monday for another Move the Sticks Monday as we wrap up week 17 in the NFL. And you can find more Move the Sticks content on the NFL's YouTube channel, NFL.com, and the NFL app. Thanks so much for being with us here on another edition of Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.